0: on, Todd. Party on, Sal. Rock on. Rock on.
1: Well, welcome back, fellow Party on Johncasters, to another episode, episode 11 of the Party on Johncast. I am Reverend Sal Samarco, a uh, teaching elder in the Presbytery of Newton, working in the validated ministry
0: of chaplaincy. Woo! What, what? <laughs> I am uh uh, Todd, and I am uh, an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church of Greater New Jersey, serving a congregation in Newton, New Jersey, on higher ground than Sal. It's the
1: only higher ground I give
0: him, Short of divine providence. providence. Yeah. All right. All right. So uh, I guess we're going to go into our Hebrews segment, uh, though. It is uh, not just a He Brews segment, it's a He Distills, Distills segment. You remember, Peace Distill. Um, and so we are going to actually start off with the distill, we are, distilled stuff.
1: We are trying. Um, actually have a birthday coming up tomorrow. Woo! Ooh, happy birthday to Ooh. you. Uh, To me. (laughs) uh, So I know that I will have some whiskey drinkers present. And so I heard a review of Proper 12 uh, whiskey. It's a blended whiskey uh, from Ireland. It's... um, From the Emerald Isle. From the Emerald Isle. Um, In an emerald bottle. Yes. Um, It's about 30 $30 for a bottle, so it's pretty... Not top shelf. It's not bottom shelf. It's right somewhere in the middle. Mm. So, mm-hmm. but it is a <clears throat> triple distilled Irish whiskey, a smooth blend with hints of vanilla, honey, and toasted wood. Wow. So, properly balanced, rich, and smooth. So we're gonna give that a taste.
0: I am looking forward to it. And uh, to be uh, confessional, um, I am. This is the first time I've had any sort of whiskey since. Uh, I don't even remember the last time. Uh, no, it has to be since uh, we we were with Adam Gilbert on the, uh, on the monkey episode. Monkey episode. That's the last <laughs> Episode time nine. Know. Yep. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, right after that, I went on a juice fast. Yes. And uh, yes, technically, this, is, this liquid, is liquid, but it does not work with a juice fast. So I've been a very good boy since then, and uh, will continue to be a good boy beyond today. But, um, you know, why not? Why not? So... So, we're going to give this a taste. I'm going to smell this. Ooh, cheers, my brother. This is
1: for sure a blind taste test. Uh, Neither Todd or
0: I have ever tried this. Never had this, so you're going to get our real raw emotions on this one. Ooh. It is definitely smooth. It is definitely smooth. Um... Ooh. More vanilla than normally you get in an Irish whiskey. This is superb, actually.
1: It's got that it's got the uh smooth first taste. Definitely has the uh the burn kickback you would expect with a whiskey. And then as that dissipates, you definitely taste the vanilla.
0: Oh, but that's totally delish. Um it's not quite quite there to where Red Breast is if you've ever had Red Breast, which is a phenomenal Irish whiskey, but that's pretty darn close. Pretty, pretty that's good. pretty close, yeah. It's
1: a nice uh,
0: amber color. Um, kind of looks like a red ale. Yeah, like, color. it's pretty... Yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely... Unlike the Ardbeg, which is like the color of Chardonnay, this mm-hmm. actually looks like a whiskey. Yeah,
1: it looks like a whiskey. It yeah. kind of looks... kind yeah. of like has a brandy color to it, almost.
0: Awesome. Well, cheers again, cheers brother. Again. Yeah. Rock on. It's Woo. nice you can actually
1: take a nice solid swig of it
0: and not burn your throat on it. Not burn your throat, but it, it gives there's a little heat, but not It'll not much. Good. Yeah.
1: So it's I'm going to move this out of the out of the frame. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um so that So actually bring it back into the frame. So so, folks, you know, like so, um, if you if you want to sponsor our uh, most excellent uh, podcast, podcast, we would love it. We would love it. Um, but uh, that being said, they are not a sponsor. So, <laughs> no, they are not a sponsor. Uh, move it out. of the But we are gladly enjoying it. Okay, so. Um, so that uh, then brings us And I guess we're going to be In terms of coffee We're going to have coffee A little bit after this
1: What about We'll be uh, Dunkin' Donuts As much as <laughs> Our I'm, favorite Our favorite <laughs> And I mentioned to Todd On the, on the way over here uh, we're, we're recording in my house My home, by the way uh, For Monkey We recorded in Todd's home Yeah So we're trading um, As much as I dig on Dunkin' Donuts It is my go-to coffee
0: well, do you have other choice around here?
1: But that is true. There's, there's no <laughs> Starbucks around here, so I gotta go
0: with Dunkin'. It's like it's it's Dunkin' or some coffee shop that is about thirty miles out of your way. Yes,
1: it's either Dunkin' or Burnt uh, Bagel uh, Shop <laughs> Coffee.
0: Yeah. Coffee. Um, or Diner Coffee. Those are the three options. And diner Coffee actually is oftentimes better than than Dunkin', but but you have to stop at the diner to do it. It's not convenient. So that's right.
1: So that's our Hebrews Distills. Peace be still <laughs> segment that leads us to our most, oh, most excellent, excellent music, music segment. segment.
0: All right. Um, well, I guess I'll start us off. Um, so, the beginning of the month we are recording and now this this episode will be released uh on April Fools, Day. April Fools. April Fools. Yeah, all right. So, um so April <laughs> That means this is before April Fools up Fools that we're oh. recording this. Um Whiskey hitting already? <laughs> I've only had two sips, what am I going to say? Um so uh this is being recorded in March at the very beginning of March March 1st as a matter of fact uh two killer albums were simultaneously released this is not a double album they were two individual separate. two separate. separate albums related but separate uh the killer albums uh topping the billboard charts uh, uh definitely in the top 200 and uh, many categories are in the top 10 on the billboard uh, billboard charts, so um, which is awesome. Totally stoked. Uh, two killer albums by my favorite metal band, uh, or one of my favorite metal bands. Now we're just gonna claim that my favorite metal band, Demon Hunter. Um, and I'm I know I've talked about Demon Hunter before,
1: nonstop,
0: nonstop. Uh, you know, shout out to all those guys. They're awesome. Uh, and. So, yeah, so Demon Hunter uh, came out with two albums, uh, War and, conversely, Peace. Peace. And War is a, like, just cutthroat, like, heavy, heavy, like, just brutally heavy album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Peace is their more mellow side. You know, not to say that the music isn't heavy. They're, they're, it, it has its heaviness, but it's on a different level. It's lyrically more. Yeah. Down. Yeah, lyrically and and melodically, they basically said, you know what, we're not going to worry about our melody on the War album. We're just going to scream it out, and there's some melody on there, but but they're just they're they're just going for it on the War album, and on the Peace album, it's showing their softer side, and um, uh, so two songs, and then I'll I'll give it up to you, uh, two songs uh, from War, Lesser Gods. Uh, and I'm going to see if they have any sort of video to post on that, maybe a lyric video or something. But Lesser Gods is the last track on the album, unless you have the deluxe album. And then there's something called Gunfight, which we'll do another day. But but uh, Lesser Gods is just an awesome song. It reminds me of Moonspell or some sort of black metal like band uh just just the just the gr- just the, the different levels and dynamics and the screaming it's just a phenomenal song and um it's basically the gist of it is you know not bowing down to lesser gods and the, you can p- pick your lesser god that we sometimes find ourselves bowing down to and um that's the basic gist of the song uh, On the other end, on Peace, the song that I'm going to review, that I'm reviewing, is Fear Is Not My Guide, which is literally piano and Ryan Clark and some um, uh, harmony work uh, vocally. So it's literally vocals and piano. And...
1: I, I love that song.
0: It is. Uh, it's just an amazing song. It is, especially in the life of the church, uh, especially my denomination, the United Methodist Church, where uh, where fear seems to be our guide right now.
1: Uh, I, love, I know this is your, your review, Todd, but in that song, there's a line that Ryan Clark sings that when time outruns my soul, uh, I will not hide because fear is not my guide. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Uh, just... Right. That song will speak to you on so many different levels. Whatever you're going on, whatever's going on in your life, it's just going to speak to you. It is a phenomenal song. There is a lyric video out for it. I'm going to post that to our episode notes. So there you have it. Demon Hunter, War and Peace. Go out and get both of them if they still have any left. And I doubt it. But if they still have any left, the the deluxe collector's edition comes with an 80-page book that has liner notes and explanations of songs and awesome photographs. And, and, each, it, and two extra tracks on each uh, one on each CD. And so. if you're
1: a fan and not a super fan like Todd, and just a fan like myself, you can find it on Apple Music, Spotify, all the streaming services.
0: Here, here, here. here. So, uh, so yeah, Demon Hunter. Um, and if you're a super fan like me, go and go to blessedresistance.com uh, and join uh, their subscription to become a. Uh, a fan, you know, like one of those uh, uh, fan club type things. Uh, but th- this, like every, um, every day, I think, they're, they're posting new material. I mean, like you really get some insight into who the band is. They're just rocking. We'll leave it there. So, Sal, what are you uh, reviewing?
1: All right. So I'm going to review. This is a song, um, not metal. It's more alternative. And actually, to describe it, really the way to describe it is it's more like alternative bed with spoken word. Uh, the lead singer really does a lot more poetry and spoken word than he does actually singing. Uh so this is a song that um of all things I get a lot of material uh from the social workers at work. <laughs> so, is yeah, so this a
0: social worker I know? It is. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh,
1: a fellow tatted social worker. <laughs> yes. Uh so he he actually took the day off and I was at work and he he you know, he doesn't usually text me unless it's work-related, and he, he sends me a link to this, uh, to a live version of this song by this band called Listener, called Wooden Heart, mm. and the way that the, the singer describes it is he was having a daydream about um, a small town that needed to build a church, and all they had was uh, wood from shipwrecked uh, ships. Mm. Mm. So... Uh, but it just, it, it's kind of, it speaks to me in terms of what it means to be in community, what it means to be a church, what it means to be human, what it means to find grace. Mm. Um, and the very first line off the bat is we're all born to broken people on the most honest day of living.
0: Mm. Yeah. Amen.
1: <laughs> and since that first breath, we'll need grace that we've never given.
0: Mm. We'll need grace that we've never given. Yeah. Boy, isn't that the truth?
1: Um, but I know we're all made out of shipwrecks, every single board, washed and bound like crooked teeth on these rocky, shore, rocky shores, so come on and let's wash each other with tears of joy and tears of grief. Um, there's another line that speaks to me as a Calvinist.
0: <laughs> That's preordained.
1: It does. I'm barely the living son of a woman and a man who merely, barely made it. Uh, hang on, I'm trying to find out on my phone. Come on and sew us together, just some tattered rags stained forever. Mm. We only mm-hmm. have what we remember. Uh, what's the other line? That I really. Um, but yeah, it talks about being uh, anchors, and actually, this is the tat. This is the song that that kind of. S- Solidified my decision to
0: get my latest tattoo, which is an anchor. Yes, it is an anchor. So here, here. So here, here. Oh, so this was sent a little while ago. It was about a little over a month ago. A little month ago. Cool.
1: So go, go check it out, Listener. A Wooden Heart by Listener. Um,
0: indeed. Indeed. Um, okay, so that is our most excellent music segment. Which brings us now, my friend Sal, to um, our actual episode topic, A Justifying Gift. This is part two in a three-part series on grace. Um, And the reason why we broke it up into three parts is because Wesley had this kind of um, three-part understanding or three-tiered understanding of God's grace as a whole.
1: Whereas uh, John Calvin... Uh, grace was grace, but it he only really broke it down to justifying and sanctifying
0: sanctify grace. Right, and John added the—well, the, pre- the other John the added the—I the, <laughs> keep forgetting, they're both John. <laughs> hence if, the, hence if, <laughs> the title of our podcast. John Calvin and John Wesley sit in a room, and someone says, hey, John, and both turn their heads. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so— um, so what I want to do, if that's okay, Sal, is I just want to define what Wesley's talking about mm-hmm. since um, since he kind of goes into more depth into what justification is. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to quote him straight on here um, and just get through this defining of terms. So in his sermon, Justification by Faith, it's his fifth, fifth published sermon. I'm sure it's not his fifth sermon in reality, but mm-hmm. um, in his fifth published sermon, Justification by Faith, Wesley wrote, and I quote, "...but what is it to be justified? What is justification? This was the second thing which I proposed to show, and it is evident from what has been already observed that it is not the being made actually just and righteous. This is sanctification." which is indeed in some degree the immediate fruit of justification, but nevertheless is a distinct gift of God and of a totally different nature. The one implies what God does for us through His Son, the other what He works in us by His Spirit. So that although some rare instances may be found wherein the term justified or justification is used in so wide a sense as to include sanctification also, yet in general use, they are sufficiently distinguished from each other, both by St. Paul and the other inspired writers. Um, So that's the end quote. But by this, Wesley distinguishes between God's justifying grace Uh, and God's sanctifying grace, through which justification and sanctification are possible. Again, God's grace is God's grace. Wesley is not, like, confused and thinks that there's, like, fragmented grace floating around the uh, cosmos. It's all part of one thing, it's just just a way of understanding it. Yeah, there, there, there aren't two or three more types of graces, but Wesley is breaking God's grace down to the different phases or stages within God's grace, uh, how God's grace operates. Um, so that is the defining of terms. That is why we've broken the episodes down in this way. Um, and, and then the Calvinist, the wonderful Calvinist sitting across from me. Um, he, uh, can, can kind of, you know, come in with what Calvin has to say on this. So, uh, so there we have it. So then that brings us to this question, Sal, Mm -hmm. why the need to be justified?
1: Well, let me, let me read a little bit, uh, about what, Calvin thought of justification. So
0: we're going to define terms in terms of Calvin. Okay, go ahead.
1: So this is from uh, John Leith's Basic Doctrine. But John Calvin declared that justification is the main hinge on which religion turns. For unless you first of all grasp what your relationship to God is and the nature of his judgment concerning you, you have neither a foundation on which to establish your salvation nor one on which to build piety toward God. Um, So that's the... That's Calvin's understanding of it's the main hinge on what, on our faith. That makes sense. Um, yeah. Christian salvation is a twofold experience. It is first of all, the experience of God's grace as mercy for the forgiveness of our sins. It is second, the experience of God's grace as power, power by which we are transformed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, cool. So that is what, that is what Calvin is referring to, um, and who wrote this book here?
1: This is uh, John Leith.
0: John Leith, okay. And so he's he's explaining kind of what justification is, into um, into uh, in terms of uh, Calvin's yep. theology. Calvin goes
1: on to define justification simply as the acceptance with which God receives us into His favor as righteous men.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Thank you, John H. Leith. So. Um, Why the need to be justified?
1: Well, because we're totes
0: depraved. (laughs) (laughs) Shameless plug to uh, to another episode, yeah. (laughs) Um, The brokenness of humanity. The brokenness of humanity, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Did Calvin have anything to say about that? Uh, Let's see. He did, actually. I just lost my page. (laughs) Calvin did but I'll be damned if I know where it is. <laughs> Here we go. Okay.
1: So, Calvin put, as Calvin put it, by t- partaking of him, Jesus Christ, we principally receive a double grace, namely that being reconciled to God through Christ's blamelessness, we may have in heaven instead, a judge, instead of a judge, a gracious father. And secondly, that sanctified by Christ's spirit, we may cultivate blamelessness and purity of life. Mm, mm. so basically we need justification because of our sin
0: okay okay cool so um i'm going to then uh explain what wesley has to say on this um see if there's some common threads here so why christ um uh and, and some may argue, like, why, why do we need Christ? Uh, people, people do good all the time. I, have you heard this, Sal? Like, where it's like, oh, what do you need Christ for? People are good without Christ. I can be an atheist and still be good. Atheists are good people. Right, right. Atheists do good things. Uh, even if they're not Christian, people can do good uh, and do good all the time, with or without Christ. Um, Wesley answered uh, that particular issue. Yes, they do. Uh, But good deeds that are not done as God has willed or commanded them to be done are not truly good in a Christian sense. Um, They're only good in a sense in so much as they are good and profitable for people. Uh, But the people doing such good are still in the state of sin and therefore not good. Um, and the works they do, therefore, are actually not overall good uh, in the Christian understanding because they're still stuck in that state of sin. The, the, so the logic behind this – and I love Wesley because he goes right into logic, which is exactly where I'm coming from because I'm a philosopher at heart and I uh, actually have a degree in it. So um, the logic behind this is as such – No works are, so point one is no works, and I'm quoting Wesley here, no works are good which are not done as God hath willed and commanded them to be done. Point two, but not works done before justification, excuse me, but no works done before justification are done as God hath willed and commanded them to be done. So uh, so the first point is that no works are good which are not done as God hath willed and commanded them to be done because God is sovereign. God is supreme. Uh, but no works done before justification are actually done as God has willed and commanded them to be done. So that leads us to point three. Therefore, no works done before justification are good. Uh, That is logically sound and is a good explanation of why good works apart from God are not all that good. Even if they're good in the moment, they're not eternally good, so to speak. Um, What this amounts to is that no one, by merely doing good works, can earn God's justification. And I think Calvin would agree with that, right?
1: Calvin would agree. And Calvin's sermon on justification is by grace alone, which is actually on, based on Galatians 2, 15 and 16. He says, Indeed, whatever we may have done, we cannot win God's favor, because he deserves the very best of all that is in our power. Um, when Paul says that we cannot be justified by the works of the law, he means that if we claim to merit grace and salvation because God has promised that those who observe the law will be accounted as righteous, we are completely mistaken, hmm. for no one keeps the law perfectly. We must realize that we all stand guilty before God and have the, saint, the sentence of con- condemnation hanging over our heads. Paul draws a comparison between the Jews and the Gentiles, for although all men have fallen in Adam and therefore have no individual merit, it appeared that the Jews had a special privilege inasmuch as much as God had adopted them as his own children and called them his servants. Yet there is where the Jews went wrong. For when the scriptures speak of the uncircumcision, they referred to the pollution which indwells us from Adam and places us all under condemnation from our mother's womb. But the Jews believed that God had freed them from the curse upon mankind, and therefore they boasted. Whilst it is true that great honor was conferred upon them, which they should have valued above all earthly good, For God had chosen them to be his people and his inheritances, yet they ought to have humbly acknowledged that in their own selves they were unworthy. Mm, mm. So no matter what we say or do, we have to at first admit that we are guilty of sinning. Period. Period.
0: Period. Um, And I just want to take a little time out, and then I'm going to go back into what Wesley's saying. But... um, if you are Jewish and listening to this podcast, yes, uh, this is not to tear your faith apart or what you uh, believe apart. This is just us quoting John Calvin, John, Calvin. John Wesley, um, who yeah. are stating their opinion on their Christian faith. Yes. So, so don't take it. Personally, uh, And I think Paul, Paul himself has a lot to say in Romans 11 about uh, – and well, throughout all of Romans about his his being – him being a Jewish person and his understanding of how God will rectify all of this in the end, even though it's a big mystery to him. So this is strictly from a Christian perspective, and if you can just hear it that way um, – yeah, Please don't hear us as Christians. Being anti-Semitic, but that is not where our hearts are, and this is not what we're saying. We're simply... We're defining uh, Christian theology. Defining Christian theology. Right. Um, and that's, that's important to say. So, back to Christian theology from a Wesleyan perspective. Um, so, no one can earn God's justification. Justification comes by faith in Jesus Christ only through the grace of God. That's what Wesley would say, is that it only comes through the grace of God. Uh, That is justifying grace. So justification is what happens as a result of the grace that allows you to be justified. Yes. So justifying grace is the grace that allows you to experience justification. uh,
1: And that's an important thing there, is how we receive justification is through faith.
0: Through faith. Through faith, absolutely. We cannot... um, earn salvation. We do not deserve it. It is given to those God justifies. Mm -hmm. Uh, None of us on the day of judgment can say to God, hey, you have let me into your kingdom because I I did really good deeds while I was alive. You have to let me in, God. Um, While that may be true, we may have done some really good deeds. Apart from grace, God is going to judge us on whether or not we were over all good mm-hmm. and let's be honest none of us are none of us are good and uh,
1: we good. all fall short and as scripture in Timothy says uh, we are not saved by works, we're saved by faith but faith without works is dead
0: faith without works is absolutely so,
1: so good dead. works comes out of faith not the other way around
0: Right. Um, so Wesley writes and I'll just quote this really quick Uh, Wesley writes faith in general is a divine supernatural evidence or conviction of things not seen, not discoverable by our bodily senses as being either past, future or spiritual. Justifying faith implies not only a divine evidence or conviction that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, but. But a sure trust and confidence that Christ died for my sins, and that he loved me and gave himself for me. And at whatever time soever sinner thus believes, whether in early childhood, in the strength of his years, or, and I love Wesley's words in this, or when he is old and hoary haired, God justifieth that ungodly one. God for the sake of his son pardoneth and absolveth excuse me absolveth him who had in him till no till then no good thing repentance indeed God had given him before but that repentance was neither more nor less than a deep sense of the want of all good and the presence of all evil and whatever good he hath or doth from that hour, when he first believes in God through Christ, faith does not find, but bring. This is the fruit of faith. First, the tree is good, and then the fruit is good also.
1: I want to share them from John Calvin from his sermon on justification by faith. He says, the only option is to come as poor beggars, that we may be justified by faith. Not as if faith were a virtue proceeding from us, but we must come humbly, confessing that we cannot obtain salvation except as a free gift. Hmm. This, then, is why the law is put in opposition to faith. Paul is showing us that all who claim to be acceptable by, to God by their merits are turning their back upon the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And, um, what what Wesley is talking here has also become become known as convicting or convincing grace. It's and that's the grace. that's kind of like the bridge between uh, prevenient and justifying grace. It's that grace, that part of prevenient grace that says, hey, this is how the world was created and this is how fall, far you you fall short of it. Uh, you might want to look for salvation somewhere somehow some way and that leads you to justification right. to and justifying. That, that would
1: be more what John Calvin calls effectual effectual calling, calling right? Um,
0: the convincing convicting, convincing grace. convicting grace. Right. Yeah. Um, great. So so then what is required for justification? I think we kind of answered that but we're going to Go along with this anyway. What is required for justification? And um, well, I'll leave that to you, Sal, and then I'll tell you what what, <laughs> what Wesley had to say.
1: Well, I'll read to you from two of our our confessions. Well, one is a one of our catechisms and one of our confessions, the Heidelberg Confession or Catechism. Let me restate that: the Heidelberg Catechism. Which was developed in Heidelberg, Germany, because as the Calvinist theology came up from Switzerland and the uh, Lutheran theology came down from, from Germany, they kind of met in Heidelberg and they had to kind of establish what they, what they thought. So question number 60 in the Heidelberg Catechism, and this is from the Reformed perspective, the Calvinist perspective. How are you righteous before God? Answer. Only by true faith in Jesus Christ. How are you righteous before God? Even though my conscious conscience accuses me of having grievously sinned against all God's commandments, of never, never having kept any of them, and of still being inclined toward all evil, nevertheless, without any merit of my own, out of sheer grace, God grants and credits to me the perfect satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness of Christ. As if I had never sinned nor been a sinner, and as I, if I had been as perfectly obedient as Christ was obedient for me. All I need to do is accept this gift with a believing heart.
0: Hmm.
1: Then question 61. Why do you say that through faith alone you are righteous? Answer. Not because I please God by the worthiness of my faith. It is because only Christ's satisfaction, righteousness, and holiness make me righteous before God. And because I can accept this righteousness... And make it mine in no other way than through faith. Mm. And then from the Westminster Confession, one of my favorite confessions, talking about justification, point number two in the Westminster Confession on Justification, faith. Thus having thus receiving and resting on Christ and his righteousness is the alone instrument of my justification. Yet it is not alone in the person justified but is ever accompanied with all other saving graces, and is no dead faith, but worketh by love.
0: Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So, guess what Wesley has to say is required for justification?
1: What's he have to say? Faith
0: is required. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) the Johns agree? The Johns agree. The Johns agree. Wesley writes by affirming that this faith is the term or excuse me by affirming that faith is the term of condition of justification i mean first that there is no justification without it he that believeth not is condemned already john 3 verse 18 and so long as he believeth not that condemnation cannot be removed but the wrath of god abideth on him chapter 3 verse 36 As there is no other name under heaven given than that of Jesus of Nazareth, no other merit by which a condemned sinner can ever be saved from the guilt of sin, so there is no other way of obtaining a share in his merit than by faith in his name whatsoever virtues so-called a man may have, I speak of those unto whom the gospel is preached, for what have I to do to judge them that are without? Whatsoever good works, so accounted, he may do, it profiteth not. He is still a child of wrath, still under the curse, till he believes in Jesus.
1: I, I like this from Calvin's Institutes, and that that's awesome. I think Calvin and Wesley would totally be like, "All right, high 5
0: They're totally having a whiskey. Together. Well, like maybe a whiskey not a whiskey, maybe, maybe a whiskey, but they're having a nail. They're
1: having
0: a nail. <laughs> well, Calvin would have had wine because that was his contract. Calvin would. And you know what? Actually, Wesley liked his wine too. So they would have had. But they've been toasting a wine together. Very nice. Uh, Calvin writes in the Institutes, uh, Book Three,
1: Chapter Three. Um, <laughs> Our righteousness is not in us, but in Christ. We possess it only because we are partakers in Christ. We say that faith justifies not because it merits right righteousness for us by its own worth, but because it is an instrument whereby we obtain free the righteousness of Christ.
0: That mm. is all through faith. All through faith. All through faith. Um, I think we should go for a second round. I don't know about you, but I'm thinking we should go for go a second, for second round. round. Yeah, this is we're going on faith here that we will make faith. this, uh, we'll make it through this, coherently.
1: We are admitting, as Paul says, we are uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. <laughs> <laughs> and sin, but.
0: Though I'm, I'm thinking that this actually doesn't fall too short. It does not. <laughs> it's pretty rocking. And after this, we'll go for coffee. But as Martin, as Martin Luther said, if you're going to sin, sin boldly. As, amen. I'll toast you on that one. Okay. So, uh, so then that brings us to the next point. Uh, that that faith is the only necessary condition for justification. And if it's okay, Sal, I'll start off, and I'll let you at, uh, add what um, what Calvin has to add to this. And just so you know, we're Bible nerds. We are. We're we just are officially Bible and theology, th- nerds. theology nerds. I think Todd's a little more of a nerd than I am. <laughs> putting um, that out there. <laughs> just, just throwing that out. Um, but we are definitely... Bible nerds and theology nerds. And so Sal and I were literally on our MacBooks texting each other back and forth pictures, pictures. of us reading.
1: We actually, we're drinking out of the same coffee cup.
0: Yeah, drinking out of the same coffee cup and we're reading literally the same coffee oh. cup unplanned.
1: Yeah, and I, I know that I'm a theolo- a Bible nerd and a theology nerd because when I can be in church and become overwhelmed with um, emotion and tear up at the simple <laughs> reading of Scripture— <laughs> Anyway, that's another story.
0: That's another story, but but all the same, we were we were literally like comparing notes last we night as we were up to ungodly hours of uh, putting this together. So, uh, faith is the only necessary condition for justification. And I quote, and this is Wesley here, um, all Wesley here. Faith, therefore, is the necessary condition of justification. Yea, and the only necessary condition thereof. This is the second point carefully to be observed that the very moment God giveth faith, for it is the gift of God, to the ungodly, that worketh not, that faith is counted to him for righteousness. He hath no righteousness or innocence. But faith is imputed to him for righteousness the very moment that he believeth. Not that God, as we observed before, thinketh him to be what he is not, but as he made Christ to be sin for us, that is, treated him as a sinner, punished him for our sins, is he counted, uh, or is he counteth us, uh, he counteth us righteous from the time we believe in him, that is, we, that, that is, he doth not punish us for our sins, yea, treats us as though we were guiltless and righteous. And I quote again from Wesley, as on the other hand, though a man should have everything else without faith, he cannot be justified. So on the other, though he be supposed to lack everything else, yet if he hath faith, he cannot be but be justified for suppose a sinner of any degree any kind of degree in a full sense of his total ungodliness of his utter inability to think speak or do good and his absolute fitness for the hellfire for hellfire i uh, suppose i say this sinner helpless and hopeless casts himself wholly on the mercy of god in christ which indeed he cannot do but by the grace of god Who can doubt but he is forgiven in that moment? Who will affirm that any more is indispensably required before that sinner can be justified? Mm -hmm. Ooh, I get goosebumps just reading that. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God.
1: So this is the, this is, I love this ending of of Calvin's sermon on justification by grace alone. He says, let us therefore understand that there is no salvation whatsoever outside of Jesus Christ, for he is the beginning and the end of faith, and he is all in all. Let us continue in humility, knowing that we can only bring condemnation upon ourselves. Therefore, we need to find all that pertains to salvation in pure and free mercy of God. We must be able to say that we are saved through faith. God the Father has appointed his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he might be both the author and finisher of our salvation. We are to deny ourselves, to give ourselves to him wholly and completely, that all the praise might belong to him. Now let us fall before the majesty of our great God, acknowledging our sins and asking that he would make us increasingly aware of them, that we may hate them more and more and grow in repentance. A grace that we need to exercise all of our lives. Mm. May we learn so to magnify his grace as it is shown to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. That we might be completely taken up with it and may not may we not only do so with our lives, lips, but place our entire trust in him.
0: Amen. Amen. <laughs> so uh, as you can see so far... The Johns. The Johns, are... <laughs> There's nothing to to compete here. Yeah, the Johns compete. are like on the same page, they're almost same,
1: word for word. They're saying a competition. We don't have to defend to defend each other's
0: theologies because they totally agree. <laughs> they at totally this agree this. at this point. Uh, the last episode wasn't that they disagreed. It's just that John Wesley broke this down in a way that John Calvin John did not. not. But I, I don't know that John Calvin would be in disagreement with God's prevenient grace, God's grace that existed before us, because mm-hmm. God existed.
1: What do you know before us? Uh, what is it? What does the uh, what does Scripture say that Jesus is, was, and will be?
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Jesus is, was, and will be
0: here. Here till the end of time. Till the end of time, I am with you always, to even to the end of the age. So that brings us next to God is righteous in choosing the condition of faith. Uh, God is righteous in choosing the condition of faith in other words people people will often argue well why is that the condition why doesn't god just love us why doesn't god just snap his fingers eliminate sin like that and just love us you know the way we think that god should and i think both wesley and calvin would agree uh god's god and God is going to do what God does. And God is righteous in what God does because God is the one who sets the bar of righteousness. That's
1: right. God, um, And as Calvin would say in the Institutes, our righteousness is not in us but in Christ. We, only, we possess it only because we are partakers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking earlier today, you and I, Todd, that, you know, if we're going to say that God is sovereign, God is sovereign. Um, if we go too far too far Wesleyan or too far Calvinist, we set we tend to limit God's <laughs> the sovereignty. sovereignty of God <laughs> That's okay right. so so we understand differently the sovereignty of God but to to take a hard and fast line of no, it's this way or that way limits God's sovereignty. And that's from a Calvinist.
0: Listen up, John Piper. Oh, John Piper You limit God's sovereignty. Okay. Okay. Uh, now that I whispered that to John Piper, I'm sure none of you heard that, none right? Of heard and that. None of you heard that. I'm that's gonna, just between me and John Piper. That's right. I'm gonna bite my tongue. <laughs> Properly wise. Um, so this is what Wesley says. Uh, well, and I'm not quoting him quite yet, um, but. As St. Paul strongly states, and this is the point, overall point that Wesley makes, as St. Paul strongly states in the ninth chapter of Romans, uh, verse 11, God chooses people according to his purposes, period. Thus, God is right, uh, righteous in choosing his own terms. Pardon and acceptance must depend on God, not on us who need salvation. If righteousness and acceptance depend on us who are failing in every aspect of the word, Mm -hmm. then there is absolutely no hope. The only way we are saved is if there's a Savior who can save us, and God is that. Uh, So uh, Wesley writes, and now I am quoting, "...so then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth." to choose the condition on which he shall find acceptance, but of God that showeth mercy, that accepteth none at all but of his own free love, his unmerited goodness. Therefore, he hath mercy on whom he will have mercy, on those who believe on the Son of his love, and whom he will, that is, those who believe not, He hardeneth, leaves at last to the hardness of their hearts. Now, John Wesley is drawing here on Romans chapter nine, verse eleven, verses fourteen through sixteen, and verse eighteen. Now, before uh, my friend, my Calvinist brother here jumps in and says, "Up, but see!" See? Predestination, right. God will judge you. God judges you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, while Calvinists would interpret that to mean that God saves some and chooses to damn others, double predestination, um, Wesley sees this verse to mean that God leaves them at last to the hardness of their hearts, which is why, God, why Wesley inserts that. That's the interpretation of what Paul is saying. So Paul says... Um, um, he hardeneth their hearts. But, but Wesley interprets that to mean leaves at last to the hardness of their hearts. Um, so, um, in Romans 9, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 22, Paul writes, In the same way, even though God has the right to show his anger and his power, he is very patient with those on whom his anger falls, who are destined for destruction. Uh, And the Greek word for destined is katartizo, uh, I'm sure I butchered that, which literally means prepared or fitted. Uh, The New Living Translation translates this as destined, which is not necessarily the same thing as predestined. In other words, my hardness of heart, will destine me towards separation from God. That's not necessarily God doing that if I'm the one hardening my heart. Uh, so it's, it, it could mean predestined, but it doesn't have to mean predestined. Destined just means the path we're on. If we're on, we stay on this path, we're destined to hit that destination.
1: Right. And, and Calvin and his institutes would have, on that, same, on that same scripture, would have pointed to predestination, the elect and the reprobate. Um, Ultimately, in the in the instance, he would have said, "though, however, it is a mystery." Mm-hmm. Um, later Calvinists, i.e., Canons of Dort, would have taken that to be double predestination. Um, Calvin, in a sense, did speak to double predestination in that God hardened the heart, a and all Pharaoh, that, and, a
0: Pharaoh, yeah, and
1: yeah. God will judge who God judges. Um, but ultimately
0: said, "but it's a great mystery." And I think where Calvin would have acquiesced a little in that and why he said it was a mystery is that while toward the end, especially God hardened the heart of Pharaoh, there is a whole lot of Pharaoh hardening his own heart leading up to that. And finally, God's like, you know what? You know what? I'm done. <laughs> if that's how you want to play it. Let's play it because I'm God. Yep. Um, and so, so, you know. There, I think Calvin understood that there are more than one ways of approaching these scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? He, what? So while this has been interpreted as supporting pre-double, uh, or excuse me, double predestination, Paul does not explicitly say that. Um, he is merely asking the question. And in fact, though I, our friend John Piper disagrees with this uh, he doesn't disagree that the passage is passive he disagrees with the conclusion because it's passive uh, but the passage is passive it's not assertive. it's asking the question. he's simply asking the question while Paul does not talk while Paul does talk about predestination as a whole, God's plan overall, Um, as in God's plan of salvation for those who are chosen to be saved, uh, also known as those who have received God's gift of justifying grace, Mm -hmm. he does not state that God chose people to be damned explicitly.
1: As the Westminster Confession would say, God did from all eternity decree to justify all the elect, and Christ did in the fullness of time die for their sins and rise again for their justification Nevertheless, they are not justified until the Holy Spirit doth in due time apply Christ unto them. Mm, mm. So Calvin and, and at least the Westminster Calvinists would have say gives gives the Holy Spirit some freedom there give, to give
0: some give some leeway. leeway. You know, like this isn't just um Oh, and Siri's talking to me. Forgive me about that, folks. Uh, Siri does that a lot of times. I'll say something that sounds like Siri, and it'll just pop up and say yes. Yes. Question mark. Um, Go ahead. So, um, but God's patience in verse 22 indicates that he is waiting. And one could reasonably argue for what? I mean, for the sake of it? Just just waiting because God wants to wait, Mm -hmm. Uh, just waiting to prolong the inevitable like you're going to be damned anyway. But, hey, I'll give you, you know, another year before I decide to call you reprobate and send you to hell anyway. Like like so. So his patience, seemingly, if you read the context around not just Romans nine, but the context overall um, his, and the Bible in, in, in line with what Paul's writing, His patience is in waiting for as many people as possible to accept his justifying grace. Uh, as, is fir- uh, as is affirmed in Second Peter chapter three verse nine. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, He is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. If that's not an option, mm-hmm. that's that is an absolute like deceptive verse in the Bible, you know. So, right. so I think that's where Wesley would come on and say, uh, you know, because we have to understand Wesley came after John Calvin, John Calvin. was long dead. Yes. Um, so Wesley was dealing with uh, the hyper Calvinism of his day, which okay. uh, had caused much bloodshed between them, the Puritans and Catholics in England, and his uh, his. <laughs> his uh, own ancestors, his grandfather even, just as far back as his grandfather, was a nonconformist, meaning that all rights were taken away from him. He wasn't allowed to be buried in a Christian cemetery, <laughs> you name it. So so Wesley is dealing with that, uh, basically. Um, so what do you think about that?
1: Uh, well, let me, before I step away for a second, I love that Calvin, Calvin says in the Institute's, Um, that now both repentance and forgiveness of sins that is newness of life and free reconciliation are conferred on us by Christ and both are attained by us through faith. Hmm. Hmm. So it's not a yeah it's about faith. It's about faith. And God will judge who God judges.
0: And uh, absolutely. So um, faith uh, as so we're going to move on to then okay God is righteous in choosing the condition of faith because God is righteous. I mean, God is the one who can save us. God is not the one affected by sin. God is not the one imperfect. God by nature is perfect. Uh, so, so God is righteous in choosing the condition of faith because who else will, right? right. Um, but faith, uh, now we're going to move on to faith as the condition to hide pride from people, which I thought was really interesting, uh, and this is about when I started getting to around two two fifteen at night, and I'm like, and okay, is when, when I... is this ever
1: gonna end? And this is when I I was already fast asleep by this time. So,
0: <laughs> by the way, we cheers on a lot. We do. If we're not cheersing, we're fist bumping. <laughs> um, so Wesley argued um, that pride. And I'm quoting pride had already destroyed the very angels of God had cast down a third part of the stars of heaven. Revelation 8 verse 12 and chapter 12 verse 4. It was likewise in great measure owing to this when the tempter said ye shall be as gods Genesis chapter 3 verse 5 that Adam fell from his own steadfastness and brought sin and death into the world. It was therefore an instance of wisdom worthy of God to appoint such a condition of reconciliation for him and all his prosperity as might, you'll like this word, effectually humble, <laughs> might abase them to the dust. And such is faith. It is peculiarly fitted for this end. For he that cometh unto God by this faith must fix his eye singly on his own wickedness, on his guilt and helplessness, without having the least regard to any supposed good in himself, to any virtue or righteousness whatsoever. He must come as a mere sinner, inwardly and outwardly, self-destroyed and self-condemned. I'll toast to that. Um... Bringing nothing to God but ungodliness only, pleading nothing of his own sin and misery, and nothing uh, but his own sin and misery. Uh, Thus it is, and thus alone, when his Mouth is stopped, Romans chapter 3, verse 19, and he stands utterly guilty before God that he can look unto Jesus, Hebrews 12, verse 2, as the whole and sole propitiation for his sins. And that cross references 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, and chapter 4, verse 10. Thus only can he be found in him. Philippians chapter three, verse nine, in case anybody wondered if Wesley used scripture Scripture. and receive the righteousness, which is of God by faith, cross-reference Romans chapter three, verse 22. So what does Calvin have to say in that regard?
1: Well, he, um, I wasn't as prepared for this part as Todd was. This (laughs) Um, is
0: when Sal went to bed. This is when I went to bed.
1: (laughs) I was fast asleep at this point. Yes. Uh, But Paul, Paul. Calvin does speak in his sermon on justification that uh, later he asks Paul, he's speaking about Paul, later um, magnifies the goodness of God towards them. However, later he asks the same question, what advantage have the Jews? But answers, none at all. Romans 3, 9 through 10. For we are all under God's curse. If the Gentiles are to be condemned, then we are to be condemned twice as much, for they have an excuse of ignorance. Hmm. Nevertheless, they cannot escape God, but will perish, although they have never had any instruction or knowledge of doctrine. It follows, then, that we will be condemned by the law, because God has taught us, and yet we have not stopped sinning or transgressing his righteous laws." So that now we are plunged into greater and deeper condemnation than even Gentiles and unbelievers, he says. Hmm. Thus, Thus the Jews were distinct from Gentiles, not because they were more worthy or more righteous, but simply because God chose them out of his free bounty. So God is talking about his grace and his covenant with the Jews, but then that covenant is extended to Gentiles. Yet God had chosen some and left others as strangers to his family. If we ask why this should be, the answer can only be because purely because of God's grace. Paul is constructing here, he says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith of Jesus Christ. In saying this, Paul demonstrates that whatever grace they had received from God they were not at liberty to trust in man or in themselves mm. as if they deserved this from God. No, rather they had to seek refuge in his free bounty, recognizing that salvation is in Jesus Christ alone, whom who came to rescue from perdition those who were already lost. Mm. Paul says that the Jews who had been converted to Christianity knew that they could not be justified by the works of the law, but only by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ He makes a comparison between the two in order to show that we cannot be justified by grace unless we actually renounce all personal merit.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so there you have it. Uh, Faith as the condition to hide pride from people. As you can tell, folks, Wesley and Calvin were pretty much on the same page. are pretty much on the same page. Uh, Yes, Calvin went down a road that maybe wesley was uncomfortable going down in terms of predestination but even even calvin would admit that this is all a mystery and i don't know that he would bank his immortal soul on it uh the essentials which we've outlined in terms of needing justification all that they both of them would bank their immortal souls on that but on predestination double predestination i think it was later generations that banked their souls on such things and that is what really wesley was pushing against uh, not as much as he was calvin himself in his the- theology um I think that's safe to say right that, that, that you know like there are certain things that I'm sure calvin and wes and Wesley disagreed on but when it came down to the essential components of what it means to be christian what it means to be saved what it means to be justified in Christ uh, you've heard it um <laughs> pretty pretty on the same page by the way this is going to become our new tagline uh, and I need to find the exact years uh, but this is this is a dialogue that is over 200 years in the making it is um,
1: um, this is a we Todd and I truly are the fulfillment of Wesley and George Whitfield's <laughs> relationship. <laughs>
0: yeah. And there we go. Woo! Yes.
1: Um, and that really was. I mean, if you look at the history of the art theologies, Calvin was 15, the uh, 1550s or so. John Wesley. George are, Whitfield. George Whitfield. George, John Wesley were... 1740s,
0: 1750s yeah in their prime i in mean their prime, like
1: up until the revolution revolutionary war yeah
0: but wesley died i think in 1790 something uh, by then he was uh... and so
1: in 2019 Here you have Reverend Sal and Reverend Todd, the fulfillment of Wesley and Whitfield's dream.
0: Using the technology of our day to do it, which um, Wesley would totally be down with. And so would Whitfield uh, being the theatrical guy that Whitfield was. And by the way, I have seen Whitfield's thumb. No joke. And I have handled Wesley's chalice. Ooh, yes, you have. Uh, yeah, I've I've literally seen Whitfield's thumb, which is uh, in the archive at um, uh, Drew University, um, the United Methodist Archive for the entire denomination.
1: This uh, Calvinist has to go break it out of there. <laughs> bring up to bring it down to Philly. For the-
0: Wesley and 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 uh, George Whitfield were were true friends. They they did uh, have a falling out in the they middle did. of their uh, lives, but then they Constantly reconciled. Reconciled. And- yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: I always like to tease Todd that it had it not been for George Whitfield, the Calvinist, Wesley would not have really found his knack for circuit riding and preaching
0: in fields. And That is right. Whitfield is the one that pushed him and his mother who said, hey, why not give it a try? Um, who pushed him out of the pulpit in the sanctuary of a an Anglican church into the open fields uh, where he is known to have stood on his father's grave and preached the good news to those who would listen because he wasn't allowed in the church. <laughs> and when told, why are you going into other people's parishes and preaching? Wesley's response was the world is my parish. <laughs> yep. So there you have it folks. Um, so what we're going to do actually is I'm sure our coffee is ready. I brown. think we should take our Irish whiskey and dump it into our coffee and have an Irish coffee. Irish coffee. How's that sound? We can do that. That's pretty rocking, right?
1: That's pretty rocking. So I'm going to, if you see me, if you're, you'll hear me step away from the microphone, it's to check the coffee. Yeah. Um, and well, well, do you want to you want to follow, finish up, wrap up our final? Uh...
0: I'll will wrap up the final words. I'll start off with me, um, and then uh, we'll go to anything that Sal may have to say. We wrote it uh, the opposite of that, but Sal is hosting and brewing. So um, I just want to uh, to say that um, ultimately. Uh, this is, it's important stuff, you know, we're not sitting here blowing smoke for the heck of it like, we really want to convey Christian theology, and that's why to our Jewish friends, uh, to our Jewish brothers and sisters, it's, um, it's important for us to say that this is – we're just reading the historic uh, language that was written by John Calvin uh, and, and John Wesley. Um, John Calvin was a little more bombastic than Wesley and had more to say about more people than Wesley did. Uh, he, he, was, he was in particular not so fond of the, uh, the papists. Uh, A.K.A. the Roman Catholic Church He had far more harsh things to say about them Than anybody else I think
1: Down with the pavist
0: What's that? Down with the Papists. Down with the Papists. Uh, Wesley, he toned down that language quite a bit. I mean, he, he sometimes would disagree with Catholic theology. He came um, from far much Anglo, a far more
1: Anglo-Catholic
0: More tradition. Anglo-Catholic tradition. So, Wesley, you're going to find less offensive, I'm sure. But to our bro- brothers and sisters of other faiths, this is not to knock what you believe, but this is just an inquiry into what it means to be Christian. To be Christian. So, uh, in that context, it really is non-offensive if you don't believe it uh, though i i hope you do mm-hmm. i hope you okay. find mm-hmm. truth in this because as christians and I, I i'll speak for myself but i'm sure sal is right along with this as christians this stuff is vitally important this is this is vitally important to understand that god is in control uh, not a foreign Concept to Judaism at all, actually, because uh, where do Christians get that? Con- where did Paul get his understanding That's of right. God from? Oh, well, let's see. He was a Pharisee in Judaism. That's yeah. Right. So a good and faithful Jew. So uh, no matter what bombastic Calvin had to say, uh, Paul himself would have been offended by half of what Calvin had to say. I'm sure. Yes. So um, so uh, you are beloved of us, but this is our Christian faith, and we are convicted that that what is. Ultimately, at play here is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, do you have any final words, uh, Sal, as we dump? We're gonna do this together, <clears throat> all
1: right?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, cheers, cheers, contradiction. <laughs> um,
1: and, and to, to touch on what Todd is talking about, <laughs> um. I did my chaplaincy training under the supervision of um, of a, a rabbi who taught me a very valuable lesson in this. And so we want you to know that this is our our Christian conviction, but that does not stop us from serving all people. That's right. Um, that
0: um, God would want no- nothing less of us.
1: This Jewish rabbi taught me a very Presbyterian concept, that Jesus is the Lord of your conscience. If you feel that you are not serving Jesus, don't do it. Amen. Yeah. Um, and Calvin would say that true wisdom is, is knowledge of God and knowledge of self. Um, so we want you to come to a fuller, deeper knowledge of God, whether you lean more Wesleyan or more Calvinist. We want you to come to deeper knowledge of God and come to deeper knowledge of yourself as one who is... As Brennan Manning would say, who is deeply unworthy of the grace of God, and mm. yet your identity is in Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. And uh, ironically, uh, this, this Wesleyan, this uh, crazy stay-up-to-330-in-the-morning Wesleyan, Methodist, methodically. Uh, am I a Methodist or am Mark, I a Methodist? <laughs>
1: you, should see, you should see his note. I have a mishmash of books and papers, and he's got a whole outline. In fact, we're going to talk Even about cover, that. With, with, with the a cover, cover
0: page, <laughs> with a cover. Hey, folks, uh, with a cover page and all. So, um, so yeah, I grew up Presbyterian, um, and uh, so he, Sal
1: knows the church I grew up in. So I do. I was just asked to preach there, and I couldn't. Uh, and so he did do it decently in an order. So uh, that's yes.
0: Um, my call was heard in the Presbyterian Church. I, my, the pastor of that Presbyterian Church gave me his entire library of commentary, which I still have and use to this day. I was talking to Sal about that, actually. Ironically, in that very Presbyterian commentary, there was this discussion on predestination <laughs> versus double predestination, and that commentary came down on saying, And double predestination is not necessarily explicit. Mm Yeah, but we'll just put it there. Anyway, um, so I want to, as a Methodist, as a Wesleyan, get to— By the way, Wesley uh, really started the, what we would call today, the evangelical movement. movement. Wesley was an evangelical through and through, not in the— Hey, I support people who contradict our faith, uh, (laughs) (laughs) movement, uh, but, but evangelical in the truest sense of the word. And so this is what Wesley has to say to you. And I'm going to read this to you, whoever you are. And I think Calvin would to (laughs) to you. Sal. now this is going to be read to you, whoever you are. And I, I think Calvin would agree with this. So here's what Wesley has to say to you to conclude. You ungodly one who hears or reads these words, you vile, helpless, miserable sinner. I charge you before God, the judge of all. Go straight to him with all your ungodliness. Take heed you do not destroy your own soul by pleading your righteousness more or less. Go as altogether ungodly, guilty, lost, destroyed, deserving, and dropping into hell. And you shall then find favor in his sight, and know that he justifies the ungodly. As such, you shall be brought to the blood of sprinkling as an undone, helpless, damned sinner. Thus look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. There is the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. Plead no works, not righteousness of your own, no humility, contrition, sincerity, by no means. That were to deny in very deed the Lord who bought you. No, plead singly the blood of the covenant, The ransom paid for your proud, stubborn, sinful soul. Who are you who now sees and feels both your inward and outward ungodliness? You are the one. I want you for my Lord. I challenge you for a child of God by faith. The Lord has need of you. You who feel you are just fit for hell, are just fit to advance God's glory. The glory of his free grace, justifying the ungodly and the one who works not. Oh, come quickly. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you, even you, are reconciled to God.
1: Along the same lines, my final words from John Calvin are this. Our assurance, our glory, and the sole anchor of our salvation are that Christ, the Son of God, is ours. And we, in turn, are in Him sons of God and heirs of the kingdom of heaven, called to the hope of eternal blessedness by God's grace,
0: not by our worth amen 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 so uh, there you have it folks that is a plea from Wesley that is a plea from uh, Sal and I uh, to to you this isn't if this is offensive it's only because we don't understand what it's truly saying what it's truly saying is no matter how much you may fail God, loves you, and is ready to redeem you if you'll just turn to God.
1: Where sin abounds, grace abounds evermore.
0: Evermore. Amen. And so uh, with that, uh, we are going to conclude this topic. Uh, this is probably one of the longer uh, podcasts we've had, but but this is such meaty, important stuff, and we had so much fun we with uh, what is that called? Proper 12. The proper 12. Well, it was proper, and it is now in our coffee. Yes. So um, with that said, we do have a couple of big announcements before we let you go. Uh, first off, the part, I don't know why it took us this long to realize this or do this, but the party on JohnCast is now included as a part of Life-Giving Water Ministries, which you can find at Life-Giving Water Devo, D-E-V as in victory, O as in orangutan, uh, dot org. Um, and, uh, that is my own personal ministry, but it has kind of expanded and branched out and, uh, makes sense to include part, the party on John Cass as a part of, uh, which Sal was, Hey, we're going to toast to that. Uh, Sal was like, yeah, well, duh, why not?
1: <laughs> uh, I actually, I actually put it out to Todd. Well, duh, why, why don't we merge the two?
0: Kind of makes sense. So, um, so that is a, a thing you can go on to again, uh, lifegivingwaterdevo.org and you can read about the various different ministries there. You can also go on the party on or not the but partyonjohn.org, uh, and read, uh, and, and listen and register, sign up, uh, uh subscribe download. that's the word, download our podcasts. Um, and then we've got some other, uh, possible, uh, big news, but we're going to start with Bill and Ted. Sal, explain uh, this. If you haven't seen the announcement, uh, most excellent announcement, uh,
1: summer of 2020, we shall have Bill and Ted's, Bill and Ted three, uh, face the music, right? Bill and Ted face the music, a third Bill and Ted movie and, uh.
0: It looks to be most excellent
1: coming out. Excellent, excellent
0: party on, <laughs> party on, dude. We're gonna post the link to uh the announcement and uh, yeah, uh if and we see article. anything else cool to post about it, but uh, summer of 2020, <laughs> next summer. Anyone who listens to our podcast knows we're big Bill and Ted and Wayne's World fans, we are. Uh, We're big metalheads, rock lovers, music connoisseurs all together.
1: The uh, most excellent music segment. I mean, this is all of our because of our how we modeled this podcast is
0: because of our love of Bill and Ted and (laughs) Wayne's World. So this is literally most excellent, most most righteous uh, news that there is going to be a third Bill Bill and and Ted movie called Bill and Ted Face the Music. So this, guys, this is a shout-out to you. Keanu, uh, Alex, uh, you guys are awesome. We're excited, uh, so glad. Uh, by the way, John Wick 3 is coming out to plug another Keanu movie. Uh, I love the John Wick series. Uh, so uh, just lots of good news there. And also, we have a Patreon, Patreon account. Site. Not Nothing on it yet. Yes, more to come on that, Patreon and... Um...
1: So we're, we're working out some details on these great party on John cast coffee mugs, um, having some bonus content in terms of uh, video content of our podcast.
0: What's important to say here is when you heard pauses, it's because we were turning and looking at the camera, camera. Uh, that is recording us um, as we record this episode. Uh, let's put it this way, folks. All these ministries, Life Giving Water, Devo, Life Giving Water messages, Marty the Party on, on John, John Cast—they're all self-funded. self-funded. Um, we, we yeah. are, pastors get and clergy get paid so much, don't we? Oh, so? Like, we're just at the top he, of the list. We, we'll,
1: I went in, in it for the money, didn't you? Uh,
0: of course, of yes, course. of course. Jesus said, Follow me and oh, I'll make you rich. Oh, right. excuse me, that was Joel, that was Joel Osteen. Osteen. <laughs>
1: right. um, so, so, yeah, so this uh, party on johncast.org is, is completely a self funded venture that is that is not funded by my ministry or Todd's church. Uh, Life Giving Devos, that is done purely on Todd's dime. Party on johncast.org is funded on my dime.
0: Life-giving water message on my dime. So,
1: so this is this is funded by us simply because we want to get this stuff out to you, the listener. And so the Patreon would allow us then to interact with you. And if you feel so, so convicted and so called to, to effectually call, effectually called mm-hmm. to donate and to support our ministry. Um, we can then interact with you that way and, you know, send you a mug or a t-shirt or a car magnet or, you know, whatever we decide to do
0: in terms of, uh, to to be clear, we are not a officially a nonprofit organization and to become one would be ridiculously complicated. And honestly, we're we're doing this for our love of ministry. We're doing this for the sake of getting the good news out to you. And, uh, if you like what you hear and you want to support us, um, then feel free to do so. Uh, every dime you, you give to us supports what we do, whether it be buying equipment, whether it be, uh, paying for website, website, registration, registration, whatever. Uh, it just helps us. It helps us pay for, uh, for this. Um, and so we are uh, hoping that you will uh, see to it. Uh, and hey, listen, if you, if one of you wants to drop a million dollar check and give us a good vacation to Hawaii, we you can wouldn't write it out <laughs> to Reverend Salvatore. <laughs> That's Sir Marco. right. That's right. We wouldn't. We wouldn't deny you that opportunity. But seriously, we're going to give you uh, opportunities, varying opportunities. And this is the important part. What we are doing is still free. free. So the the podcast and this the one other stuff is it the podcast is still that they're still going to be free the devotions are still free this is if you have it in you to give and would like to give and you like what you hear and you want to support us um this gives you that opportunity but if you don't have it or or, or do not feel so inclined you're still welcome to listen welcome to, to this for free this so this
1: uh podcast will not go behind a paywall Uh, We will have what we call in Christian circles a free will offering, essentially is what the Patreon is. It's a free will offering. If you feel inclined to give, you give. If not, you don't.
0: It's what I call the PTF and the PSF. It's the Poor Todd Fund and the Poor Poor Sal Sal. Fund. If you want to support that and uh, help us uh, continue this ministry on, uh, then we will. there are varying things that we will uh, nod your way as a result of doing that. Uh, and uh, I think the way we're going to do it just to, to, be clear is Patreon will give you, give you certain things. Like one of the things I think I'm going to put up is this wonderful, uh, <laughs> this wonderful booklet I made <laughs> with citations and all for you to read. Um, right. and, and probably some other, uh, good things like this video, which will be, uh, accessible to people who, uh, who subscribe when that time comes, um, so those types of things will be on Patreon. And then we'll have a store uh, that if you want to, you know, you want to be cool and wear a, a party on John cast t-shirt, uh, t-shirt or have a mug, uh, those things will be available for, for, for uh, purchase there. And I mean, who doesn't want to have again, shameless plug, a party on John cast mug. And if you want to see that, you know, you, you, uh, you uh, will uh, go on and uh, check that out on the, the store. So um, so those things are not set up yet, but that is coming in the future. So we hope that you will, uh, you'll like that and you'll want to support uh, what we're doing. Yes. I think that closes us out, Sal. I think that rocks it up. So I think uh, with that said, we're going to say party on. Party on. Rock on. Rock on. And be excellent to each other. And don't be a jerk. Amen. Amen. Peace.